we're already off to a great start. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I totally didn't realize that we'd already started. We did the clap and everything. So, okay, well, let's get back let's to the... Like, get back to the topic of yeah. the intro. Um, yeah, I, I, maybe I should just try scripts or something, at least just for the intro and outro, because I never know what to say in the beginning. But, you know, right. I want to, like, welcome people. Thanks for hitting play or whatever you want to say. You could always just record those separately, you know. I, I could, like, yeah. At the end, but yeah, maybe I'll do that and then just edit it in post. Um, yeah. I don't know. Why I'm clicking a pin. That's terrible for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast about how not to podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, what, what's what's new? I guess you know one of the big things. Yeah, we've never done this before. That yeah. Me and Josh haven't been on the same podcast ever before, so I know. Uh, yeah, I feel like I know more about you than I should, having seen you for the first time moments ago. Yeah, because I know right, about your know. birds and <laughs> your love-hate relationship with Apple products. I guess mostly love. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, mostly. Anyway. Yeah, I would mostly. say so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about now. Because, I don't know. either. I have. I, I was just thinking about that earlier. I was like, I don't really know. I mean, I've got a couple of things, I guess, uh, but <laughs> There's no agenda. That's, that's the great thing. Well, I, off the top of my head, I was thinking we could talk about hospital visits and like why they take so long and how it seems like they're really inefficient. At least that was kind of my takeaway. Um, and I know yeah. uh, Josh recently went, so... You don't have to talk about you know any of that if you don't want to, but uh, <laughs> just talk generally about hospitals. <laughs> how awful would I be? Would, how awful would I be as a podcast co-host to be like, no, nope, I'm not going to talk about any of that. All right, <laughs> so what, what else you got in mind? <laughs> Throw that cute card away. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So I I went yesterday because I I went last weekend to urgent care. So urgent care is a whole different thing, and you go to that, and it's like some. I don't know, weird office that you find online. It's not like <laughs> the facilities aren't as good and they're just kind of, I don't know what they do at urgent care. They don't really do anything. Like you, you, don't you they go do everything? and a, doc, a doctor tells you like, oh, well, it's probably this and then gives you like in, advice to take ibuprofen or something and then sends you on your way. And that's pretty much my experience with urgent care. And in this case, the doctor that I saw said he thought I had diverticulitis and he gave me antibiotics. And so I thought, okay, this is a little bit more than I've gotten in the past out of urgent care. It's a little yeah. something, right? It's something to go off of. So I started taking these antibiotics and things got worse over the week. And then just a couple days ago, I, because he said if it got worse to go to the ER because it might be, you know, have developed into something worse than just diverticulitis. So, okay, great. Like, fine, I'll go to the ER. But first, actually, I, I did actually make an appointment with a regular doctor who said uh, he, I, I needed to get a CT scan, so he ordered that. And so I was going to go to re a regular like imaging place to get a CT scan done. Um, but they told me it was going to be like at least a week before they could see me, and I could not wait a week at this point. Like I was feeling pretty awful. So that's when he said, you know, that's when this doctor and the urgent care doctor both said, well, I guess you have to go to the ER then because that's the only place you can get a CT scan without waiting a week and get the blood work done and all that. So that's what I did. And it was just the whole process of that was just made me realize like how ridiculous that is. Like to, to have to recommend that you go to the emergency room be, just because you can't, the place where people go when they're having heart attacks or having, you know, like uh, major life events happen. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, I don't feel well, but it's not hmm. terribly urgent. I'm not dying. Right. Yeah. So that's when I realized like how many other people are here just to get stuff done that they can't get done any other way. Probably most of them, especially <laughs> if they don't have insurance. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the the joke of the our medical system, I think, right? A little bit. It's just that like well, one of the things that you you mentioned about urgent care, like what do they do that in you know that the ER doesn't or whatever. Well, one of the things they don't do is charge you a thousand dollars or whatever just for going in, you know, on a lot of insurance plans. So urgent cares are good for that if you're not that sick. But it, yeah, but I agree, it's it's kind of weird that to get this thing you need, it's like, well, okay, you're gonna have to just like first you have to have a doctor order it and then like wait a amount of time and then I'm sure COVID slows that down too to right. some extent. But like, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess none of us are from other countries, but do they have this problem in like the UK? I remember. That's what I'm wondering. I have a. You know, I lived in Spain for a year, and I didn't think to talk about it very much. But um, I remember asking someone about the whole free healthcare thing and how that worked. I was like, "Is it really free? Like, how does this work?" And uh, she told me that not necessarily. It's like the basic, like the ground floor is free. And, um, you know, you could go in for your checkups and stuff and that's totally free. Anything like emergent happens, anything super bad, like let's say you just fracture your leg, right? Um, you you can go in obviously and get treated. For, they're not going to send you a bill later. But um, to like see a particular doctor, maybe you know a doctor you know that you're familiar with and you want to see that person, that costs extra. Maybe you want to go see a specialist to talk about this you know issue you've had. Uh, is f- that would be an example where like yes, you could sign up to like see a doctor, um, but if you want to like find you know the best one or like a, a really great one, I don't know. This is, you know, over 10 years ago, so my memory is pretty fuzzy on it. But basically, from what I heard, her example is that her family has health insurance in Spain, and the reason is it gives you quicker access to doctors. Maybe you get access to, like, better hospitals, the private, quote-unquote, hospitals. Um, So it's kind of... I think the analogy is almost like our education system, where... um, even though it varies wildly based on like the the neighborhood you're in and like the tax dollars, like how good your local school district is, um, like I had a really amazing public school education. Still, in general, it kind of has a bad rap where people are like, "Ooh, you, you don't want to send your kids to public school. Like that's the shitty school. Um, and you want to send them to a private school." And you know, you have people that'll spend like eighty grand a year on kindergarten, which is a whole other discussion. But um, my uh, mostly uninformed opinion is I think that our education system and how we have like the free public and the private is probably a good proxy for what healthcare is like in Europe. So maybe that's yeah, one way to look at it probably. So yeah. yeah, you could get public health <laughs> for free or you probably want to get insurance and have access to the private health. Hmm. That's interesting. But at least you have like you know, some kind of safety net of like... Yeah, and you also, so much of our population, like imagine if you had to pay for school no matter what. You know, like there is, you have people living below the poverty line, you even have people in middle class who just have a lot of expenses or whatever. There are lots of reasons why people would just not go because it costs money. And in terms of health, you know, preventative health specifically, there's a lot of reasons why you just need to go in just on a regular, you don't want to wait to put it off and it only gets worse if you put it off. And so I think Mm -hmm. making all that stuff free is super important because that gets ahead of, um, you know, stuff getting worse. So it's nice. I mean, I still pay for it, I guess, because I pay for insurance, but it's nice that my annual visits don't cost anything. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But we don't want to, you know, that's, that's, you know, they have a lot of, I'm sure they do very well with preventative care in places like that because people have like an inkling something's wrong and they can go to the doctor. But here they don't want you, they, we don't want to do the preventative care because then you won't have the big money procedures later. And in America, <laughs> 20% of the, of the economy is the healthcare system. So we need you to, we need you to be a, you know, a resource. You're like, you're like a resource that's extracted when yeah. you're sick so that, so that, you know, the economy can survive. I, th- yeah. I think, I, I, I think that on the macro level that is happening, but I think at the micro level, they're not in such a connected conspiracy as you think. Like your, no, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I just think it's general. Yeah. Your like primary general- care doctor, for example, is probably not thinking, oh, let's not tell him about this thing or let's not tell him to go on a diet or whatever. Um, right. Like they are interested in your general health. But, you know, in terms of like making money, for example, Mary gave me this story um, before she was in medical school. She uh, worked at this place called um, and 
I should probably edit out the name in case they sue me. But there was this, uh, they had, it was outpatient procedures. Um, anything that you didn't need to stay overnight uh, for like daytime surgery, you could go in. Um, and they had this one, you know, surgeon that would basically leave people under anesthesia for a few hours just doing nothing at all because, you know, they get billed by the hour and the bill goes up and up and up. And wow. for it's like a 45 minute or maybe hour procedure, they would just keep the person asleep for like four hours or whatever. Um, as like basically like That's keeping crazy. the meter running basically. So it, I think it, it happens like within walls, like stuff like that, or probably that I think that person should probably be sued and go to jail or something. But, you know, it, systemically like hospitals will try to itemize and, and charge you, you know, like a thousand dollars for a band aid or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but what I, what I was saying, I don't think happens is probably, I don't think that one doctor is like ignoring your health in order for it to get worse. And another doctor makes more money. Cause, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, I think the insurance industry has a lot to do with it. But like, yeah, one of the things I listened to on Freakonomics that just kind of made me like my blood boil was uh, had to do with kidney, uh, like uh, what do you call them, uh, dialysis centers. Yeah. And like, there was like reports that like dialysis centers are like active. Like, the only way out of end stage like kidney failure is to get a kidney transplant. And there were like. People at some of these like top two uh, dialysis centers like discouraging people from getting kidney transplants, like saying things like, "Well, yeah, but we're like, we're like your family now. You don't want to abandon your family here." Like at a dialysis what? center, like like telling like how dangerous it would be for them to get a transplant, and like wow. that's their only way out of not going to a dialysis center for three hours a day, four times a week. Like, yeah, but that's but they're like a rolling commodity, right? Like, uh, right? Yeah, I just like. Damn. Made my blood boil when I <laughs> heard about that. So the uh, so the other thing that was interesting to me was the disconnect between the doctor I saw because I, I forgot to mention that when I saw the doctor uh, the day before I went to the ER uh, or two days before I went to the ER anyway saw the doctor and he said okay go get a CT scan he gave me the information of the place to call to make the appointment he said make sure you get that tomorrow like tomorrow get a CT scan like okay. He had no idea, but like I called these places and they're like, you can't just get an appointment the next day. Like we've got a whole thing that we've got, we're all booked up. Like you need to wait until there's an opening. And it's, this has happened to me. That's not the first time that's happened to me where a doctor recommended that I get uh, a scan like that or an x-ray or whatever it is. And they say, oh, just get it today. And it's like, well, do you realize that you can't just do that? Even when I was at Kaiser where it was all in one building. They couldn't schedule um, it for you? The, the doctor, well, they tried, or, and then they said, well, just go over there and tell them this and this and this. And, like, they acted like they have never had this happen before. Like, they're <laughs> like, wait, your doctor said today? What? <laughs> what? What? And this is like, this happened to me numerous times where I'm like, yeah. I'm going there and I'm like, yeah, they said today. And then they, then they had to call and there's this whole ordeal and then they'd squeeze me in somehow mm-hmm. or something would work. But this time they couldn't even squeeze me in because it wasn't even Connected, you know, completely yeah. different different uh you know uh institutions or whatever so i don't know it's so weird the disconnect between that and and actually getting this done that's another reason i had to just go to the er and um and get it there damn but yeah i just couldn't help but think though like why isn't urgent care like what the emergency room should be for people that are there for non-emergencies right like urgent care what if they had the facilities there to do a cat scan to do these things and then take the load off of the emergency room because I feel like well, that's there's what, a lot of people taking up space in the emergency room that was maybe keeping real emergencies. For, I mean, they were still doing a good job, I guess, of getting the real emergencies in first. So if only but, they had a place where instead of getting it immediately, you could like schedule ahead of time to get the CT scan. No, Rob, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like if you if you need to get it done, if it's an urgent matter that needs to be get like done, an emergency. To get done, but it's not life or death. There's <laughs> it's saying, urgent, but not it's life a, or it's death. At, it's at the ER because it is an emergency. If it weren't life yeah, or death, I, then you would just schedule it for next week or whatever. But it yeah, wasn't. But there life needs or to be death. some middle ground. You're, you're saying there needs to be like something between like you can I can get this whenever. Tears. And I need this today. Right. Or I'm gonna die. 
Yeah. There needs to be something between that that is like yeah. I'm surprised they don't have like a really like expensive one where it's just like on demand. You you pay extra, yeah, twenty four seven. Do it. Yeah. Basically, it would be the emergency room, but for urgent matters that are not life or death. There would be like a tier in between. Like yeah. you go to Mildly the emergency room urgent. for a heart attack. You go to this like yeah, this like urgent care that uh, urgent care plus or something that has <laughs> that has everything <laughs> there. You know. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. They should have. Maybe that. we need maybe we need a system like the like the terror alert system. We can go from like there's like red right. and then orange and then yellow. Well, that's like what <laughs> I need. I need to go to an orange center. Yeah, I think that's what like one medical is trying to do. Not necessarily with imaging, and I haven't looked at it in a long time. But it's like the oh, I- this podcast brought to you by One Medical. <laughs> yeah, the idea and that other place that uh, Rob edited out. Yeah, <laughs> the idea I. I th- I remember I th- I'm looking at the site now. Yeah, their motto is like care whenever you need it. So it's like it's your primary care doctor, um, and you pay like an annual membership, which just feels weird. Um, but basically, you don't have to have an appointment. You just walk in, or you have same day appointments. They have like all the testing is in the same building, and everything kind of rolled into one. You don't have to do any of this like planning ahead type of crap. Um, and so that's like their main offering. I guess you pay extra so you don't have to wait. Okay. So here's the other thing I was thinking that, okay, that's great. The other thing I was thinking is like, yeah, I could have planned these things ahead and done like the blood test the day after. And then a few days after that, the CT scan. But if I were willing to commit, if I were committed enough to spend eight hours waiting for something Mm -hmm. like I was yesterday to get it done all in one day, then I feel like there should be an option that's not quite as expensive as the ER where it's like first come, first serve kind of thing instead of like appointments. I don't know. I just kept I kept thinking like while I was waiting, yeah. I'm like, there's got to be better ways to do this. And then I'm also noticing that like three or four people while I was there were clearly just having panic attacks. Like hmm. that's the whole reason they were there is they thought they were having a heart attack. And I know they were attack. panic attacks because I'd end up like I wound up in a room adjacent to them when I was waiting for mine and I heard them tell them like, well, you know, your EKG was fine. And, you know, I think it was just you maybe were panicking because you had this pain in your chest and, yeah. you know, well, I, but I guess a panic attack would still lead you to the ER anyway. Yeah, That's still my enough. point. Yeah, I um. I think, well, on that note specifically, I think that's where telemedicine could, if you're not physically injured or whatever, you, I think more access to telemedicine could be good because you can call, get on the phone. I know, I haven't checked my new benefits, but with Amazon, one of the benefits on the back of my like Blue Cross Blue Shield card was um, 24-7 uh, nursing support. So you could call and instantly get a nurse on the phone and ask like whatever questions you needed like I haven't been able to poop in four days do I need to see a doctor or whatever (laughs) and they'll like ask you follow-up questions and kind of like basically they're like a switchboard operator they'll tell you like is this bad enough to see a doctor should you go to the ER or actually this is all in your head and you know it's it's no big deal Mm. um so it's kind of a nice kind of like immediate service to have and I actually used it when I cut my my thumb and I was in the and I went to the ER because of that a couple months ago um, but yeah, the first thing we did, because um, one time Mary cut herself and it was like, it looked like really bloody, but we weren't sure like, uh, is this like the type of thing that a Band-Aid will fix or what? And apparently it was like, it wasn't that they had like some, they're like, how many millimeters is it? And they said, okay, she'll be fine. Anyway, with mine, they're like, yeah, he needs to go to the ER <laughs> and um, cut a quarter of an inch off of my thumb. And uh, the, the my takeaway of the ER was... First of all, just constant anxiety of like, oh my God, what is this bill going to be? Like, this is going to be insanely expensive because it's yeah. not scheduled or anything. And um, and then the other thing was just that, I don't know, it's this weird, it makes you think of um, actually big business like Amazon and um, the whole agile scrum thing. But anyway, I'll get back to that later. It was this sense of totally inefficient efficiency. So it was totally inefficient because I get there, first thing I do, I have to go through like metal detector or whatever. We'll, we'll skip that part. But then I go up to like the front desk and and it was weird as like a front desk person, like a receptionist and and he was like, 
what can I help you with today? <laughs> and I was like, my thumb like gushing blood. And I was like, um, <laughs> like holding it up like this. <laughs> can, can, can I please take care of this? <laughs> I would like this to not be happening right now. And <laughs> I was like, I don't know what. What what on the menu I need to order to fix this? Yeah, they're, they're like, he's he's like looking at you and looking at his uh his like what category it fits in. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. And so anyway, he's like, okay, I need I need your you know I, I ID info and all that stuff. So I gave him like my driver's license and and uh, I had my wife grab the insurance card on the way, which was good. Um, and handed them that stuff. And he's like, okay, you can sit down. And so I sat down. And it was very quick to their credit. So for like a minute, I sat down, and then I got ushered off into like um, a triage room, where they do. That's where they kind of bucket you of like immediate care, medium range, or like you know right. put this person at the bottom of the list. Um, they had two nurses in the room, took my vitals, blood pressure, and all that stuff. Then they wheeled in a TV with like another nurse on like Skype or whatever. Um, I'm guessing that part because of COVID, but anyway, she was just like, Hey, what brings you in today? And which is kind of annoying because I already told the guy up front what I was in there for. And I, and I told her, I also told the nurses in that room. And then I, yeah. I told her the story. I was cutting vegetables and the mandolin, blah, 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 sliced it off. She's like, Ooh, man, we see a lot of those. And, um, and she's like, <laughs> okay, well, we'll get you fixed up. And then, you know. And then hung up. Was she, wait, was she like, was she like, it says here right thumb, but you're showing me left thumb. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to have for, this is going to take a while. We got to get this sorted out. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, wait a second. Your, you mean your left or my left? <laughs> mm-hmm. What? Yeah, she didn't have have go, Can you go back to the receptionist info. and talk to him? <laughs> they, they start, they start, your, your <laughs> start thumb's over. gushing blood and they're putting a bandage on the other thumb. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's says, the other one. This says, says right here, th- though. Right thumb. Yeah. Um, and so they sent me off to this other like secondary waiting room and after about there's like one other patient there and then after like 20 minutes of sitting around someone calls me back to take down more info so they already had like my ID stuff she asked me you know um, who my emergency contact would be first of all this is the emergency like (laughs) why are you (laughs) asking me for emergency contact Oh, by the way, I have a funny story contact? about that. Uh-huh. I almost accidentally put down myself as the emergency contact because I wasn't paying attention and I just started filling out my name. And uh, and then I thought, well, actually, I would like to know if there's an emergency regarding me. <laughs> Please call me first. I'm calling you about your car warranty. It's about to expire. <laughs> yeah. No, you get a mess. Like after you, you like, had to have surgery and like when you get out, you like look at your phone. Like I have a message from the hospital. It's like. We're calling to inform you that we have to put, you know, <laughs> into surgery. Like you get the message later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. after after a, like a medium amount of wait, I had to talk to this person and give her more info. She asked, you know, like religious questions. Like I, I don't know all this. Just like more background, which is apparently is all. Have super you found routine. Jesus? That's no. <laughs> yeah. That is a weird thing. I got asked that too. Yeah. Like I got asked um at, at for a psychiatrist. I was trying to get an appointment with. They were asking me like all these religion questions, yep. and I'm like, wow. Okay. Needs to be on your file in case they need to make any type of you know last minute decisions. But um, they couldn't tell my religion when I put God as my emergency contact. <laughs> <laughs> Just send me straight there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then I after doing all that stuff, I went and back to that waiting room and then sat there for a while, totally separate from the first waiting room, which is where Mary was. So that was also kind of shitty because she couldn't sit with me. This was like patients mm-hmm. only. And then they took me upstairs to a very nice, like they had a bunch of lounge chairs and stuff, and they told me I could sit in one of those chairs and the nurse would come and see me. Another one. And um, so I sat there for a while. And um, so everything's like compartmentalized in stages. And then finally um, a trauma nurse comes out, looks at my thumb, she washes the wound and all that. So finally I'm getting treatment. This is like an hour later. And um, tells me it's going to be fine and puts on this cool stuff called surgifoam, which is like, it's like dry, solid foam. Like it makes me think of those magic eraser pads. If you've ever used that for cleaning stuff. 
Oh, yeah. And then as soon as it comes in contact with liquid, it like dissolves and then like hardens again. So the whole point is that it fuses with your flesh and it's for, it's for wounds that won't stop bleeding, which was my mm. thumb. <laughs> and uh, right. so that, that kind of resolved everything. I was freaking out that like it wouldn't grow back and she took some pictures and uh, sent it to a hand surgeon text message and then uh, found out that it would be okay after you know a few months but um, and then I sat there for like another maybe half hour until I could be discharged which is basically they just give me paperwork about how to care for it and then I could go home all in all it was like a two hour or so journey and I just couldn't help but think like ultimately all I needed was that little foam block to put on my thumb and like a bandage and yeah, sure, you need to see someone in order to know that that is what you need, but they had all these different stages and processes in place that took forever. Now, to play devil's advocate, I guess, to give them a little bit of credit, all of that exists because you have this big influx of people and you need to put them in the proper you know, process. This person needs to go upstairs, this person can wait, this person's more egregiously injured and all that kind of stuff. And it makes you think of like the whole like, planning process that I went through at work. We're like, okay, well, we have this project. We want to update the website. That's going to take, you know, five months. This little thing is going to take just a couple of weeks, but this one's going to earn us more money. And so there's, we, we had so many meetings at work and it felt so inefficient. We wasted so much time at Amazon basically planning our projects instead of actually doing work. It was kind of ironic. And that was kind of like my experience with the emergency room. Yeah, so many things here. Uh, first, <laughs> patients only. Sounds like the world's worst dating site. <laughs> so that, yeah. I couldn't help but think that earlier you said. I was like, patientsonly.com. Uh, and then also, how does one end up a hand surgeon? I mean, I, I feel like if you're like you're like going to school to be a surgeon, then like, they just like take the grading chart. They're like, okay, here's all the A's. Those would be the brain surgeons, heart surgeons. And then I like, get down to like the D minuses, like, yeah, put them on hands. You know? like, yeah. <laughs> it's like Zoolander, the hand model. Yeah, it's like something not too risky for this one, I think. You know, he tends to party a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. But no, what you're saying about the, you're talking about like that. You guys didn't use Agile at Amazon, right? Well, no, they put us through uh, like a month-long training and spent like a million dollars talking about it. And we use agile words like scrum and stand-up and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it was a waterfall process of one team does all the work up front and then hands it over all at once to another team and so on. Mm -hmm. It was not very gotcha. agile. Yeah. It is interesting. I always it's hard to tell because you can't often do both, but like you're talking about like having the long project and then a short project. Mhm. Mm um like and it just like why don't we just do the work instead of planning? It's like hard to know if you didn't do the planning if you'd ended up doing a bunch of small things that didn't actually end up in any with any business value. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they resulted in like better user experiences, but like but you know, Amazon's about making money for Amazon, so like maybe they're like, yeah, we got to do this thing. Let's get working on this thing because that's where the actual profits go. How do we make this hard pivot from the emergency room to agile <laughs> project management? Well, I just felt By like the way. it felt like all this project planning where you oh. have all these phases. Yeah. So we had so many meetings at work. If I honestly went through like a couple of weeks where I didn't do any design at all, I just kept getting sucked into meetings where I would sit there in case they asked about design or asked about, you know, the library or something that I was designing. And, um, and it was just, I was just marveling at the inefficiency of like, it's ironic when, when the planning for work gets in the way of doing actual work. And I see the same thing happening at an ER where they have all these different people you have to see all these forms to fill out. And of course, I guess each step you could argue is important for one reason or another, but when you have so many of them that it takes two hours just to get a little block of foam on my thumb to keep it from bleeding, it feels a little ironic. <laughs> two hours wasn't even that bad. It took me like seven hours to get through my wow. whole thing. Wow. Like I, I got there at a, I got there at like noon or so, maybe a little bit before noon, and I left at about six forty five. Well, you probably had people who scheduled that thing like months in advance like they should have. 
<laughs> and to wait for them to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, because nobody's there to get things scheduled at the ER, though. Well, it's all at the hospital, so it's the same. No, but this, well, the hospital I went to, though, it was like, well, yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah, you're right. It's using the same. It's not like there's an ER CAT scan right, or a right, regular right. CAT scan. It just means you get to there, cut sure in line. there is. Oh, there I might see, be, I though. see, okay. Yeah, maybe maybe bigger hospitals, sure. I mean, I can't say for all of them, but I, I think in general it's like you have a hospital building and there's like the ER entrance and, right. you know, they'll call on like a specialist who typically works somewhere else in the hospital during the day if they need to come to see you right now. And then you have people mm-hmm. who are full-time like an ER nurse or an ER doctor, that's all they do. But... um Right. Yeah, I don't know. In terms of equipment, it depends on how much money the hospital has because those things are, especially like MRI, that's really like multi-million dollar equipment. They might only oh, man, have just one. Being, just being in the ER though that long, it's almost a traumatic experience in and of itself because some of the things, so, so there were a fair amount of people that either were like me, just kind of sitting around waiting to get mm-hmm. things done that they couldn't get done elsewhere somehow. Or uh, maybe people that were having panic attacks, and, I, and I'm not judging those people. I was one of those people, like six years ago. I was I went to the to the ER because I thought I was having a heart attack, and mm. it was a panic attack just because I had like inflammation in my chest. Um, so like I get it, and the and the, the guy that was sitting across from me actually it was so funny because I heard him say like my heart rate was at like 109 or 112 at one point. This <laughs> is like yeah that's normal, and I look over on the TV screen that's you know the little computer screen that's connected to me, and I was at a hundred just laying there, and I was like oh dude, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know, um, but anyway uh, uh so. Uh, yeah, that was a traumatic experience in and of the, itself, and I actually decided to use the time that I was there to to get into a book because I have and I haven't read books in a long time. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought, like okay, this is a great opportunity. So I got Pete Holmes pick up reading. Book, <laughs> Nothing like the ER to encourage God. you. <laughs> and it was so funny because the book that I chose was so fitting because here I am in this place where life literally begins and ends, and every major life event that those people are having is happening around me, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was crazy. Like this little girl had broken her arm and she's sitting next to me and she's, you know, dealing with that. And I'm like, okay, she's going to remember that for the rest of her life. And like all these, all these things that are happening with people around me, they're going to remember that moment forever. Right. And I'm, and I'm like in the middle of it, which was crazy. And here I am reading this book that literally was like positing, like, what is the meaning of all of this? What's the meaning of life? And all this, it's really deep kind of stuff. And I'm like, I, that wasn't lost upon me that I was like mm. reading that and decided to get into that book in that moment when I'm surrounded by all of this. It was crazy. Yeah, it's it's funny when you said you're going to remember this for the rest of your life. It made me think of weddings and wedding planning, and yeah, <clears throat> all of the the anxiety and the stress of planning a wedding really is rooted in the fact that shit, if I get this wrong, like, (laughs) because you want this to be a a day, uh, like this perfect day, because if not the guests, you at least will be remembering it for the rest of your life. And you want, you know, all these things in place. And it's kind of funny. Then you go to like the ER, which is like, you know, like the DMV for your body. (laughs) And it's just like, Imagine if if the pe- people designing the ER office like put like wedding planning level d- design into the office. We're like, you know, if, if what if I told you just f- put put the blindfold on. Let's not call it an ER. Let's say we're going to create a business where everyone who walks in the door is going to remember this day for the rest <laughs> of their life. What kind of designer should we hire? <laughs> You go yeah. in, you go in, you've called in advance because you, you know, like they, they got your ambulance dispatch and everything. So you get there and there's like a little name card for you. It says your name and you like put it on. It's like all frilly. Yeah. Oh, table right. four, Alex Monroe. A, they come out with a congratulations, your arm is broken cake. <laughs> you should at least get cake for the amount of money that you pay. I know, right? A cupcake, at least. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, that was that was just crazy to me. I'm like looking around, and it's like all these people are. The the noise was what got to me. It made me really anxious hearing too. all the beeping, 
And like I wasn't hooked up to anything, so it wasn't my mortality. But it's just people yelling in pain. Idea. Yeah, yeah, mm. and moaning in pain, or just being like just not there, like not understand. Like it's, it's just it was a crazy. I, I was thing. also particularly like freaked out. You know, I was I was thinking like shit. My thumb is gonna be weird looking for the rest of my life. I don't know if I'll be able to like play piano or anything. All these thoughts going through my head, and the little bleep bleep, like just like was egging me on. And I remember I was asking Mary, like, how do you, like, do this every day? And she's like, oh, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> I guess she just gets used to it. I don't know. You can get used to anything, I guess. Yeah. But that kind of yeah. stuff never bothered her. I think I've gotten worse, actually, in terms of, like, blood. Because I like to watch a lot of animal shows. And inevitably on the animal shows, like on Animal Planet, whatever, they have, like, a surgery. Like, they were neutering, yeah. they were neutering this dog or something. Um and I was just like, nope, I can't look, don't want to look at that. And like, it's not even a human and it's still just like watching the incision or whatever just like bothers me. And she's just like, yeah. ooh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny, it's funny you bring up animals in this because one of the thoughts I had was I feel like when I go to the doctor and I have to articulate what's going on with me and figure out like, okay, where exactly is the pain? How is the pain? What scale one to 10 is, mm-hmm. is the pain land on? Uh, what other symptoms are going along with Intensity, it? Was I dizzy this morning? Was I make it worse? Make yeah, it better? Yeah. was right. Was I nauseous? Was I all these things? And I try to tell them as accurately as possible. And when it began, Oh my gosh, that question is the hardest for me to figure out. Like when did the start? I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know, man. Like it's been years. <laughs> it's only been like a month, right? So, um, yeah. so like I'll have such a hard time articulating this to them, and I'll tell them just as much information as I can. Just give them tons and tons of information, as much as I can think of, and then still we won't kind of get it right. Like we'll get like we'll get something, and it won't fix it. And I'll be like back, and I'll have to start the process over. But well, this wasn't. I don't think this took care of it. All of this to say. I'll tell them all this stuff and we still won't get to the bottom of it. Meanwhile, one of my birds are sick and I bring them to the vet and on one visit, they're like, oh, yep, we know what the issue is. They give them medication and it it's better. Like, how is it that they, then they don't tell them anything? <laughs> well, first of all, at least when I take my cats in, they will ask me how long has this problem been happening? What is their poop That's like? True. You know, have you noticed them behaving differently? What kind of food do you get them? I have to tell them, like, you know, what brand of food I give them and, and how much they eat and that kind of stuff. So that they do yeah, get some if, kind of info. But imagine if you couldn't say anything and you were relying on someone else, right? Mary, explaining it to them based on what they noticed from you. That might you. be better. Maybe do more objective. It could actually be better <laughs> right. because I feel like I'm <laughs> clouding my own yeah, you should have situation. Vanessa. Your ego is getting in the way. Yeah, um, yeah. The vet doesn't always work out like that though, because our poor dog has had like, like some kind of allergic itchiness for a long time, and we've been Aww. to the vet back and forth for like years, a couple of years, and they, mm. they never quite like they like oh try a fish oil or try this thing or try this, and they're like yeah, none <laughs> of it really works. So it doesn't always work out. But I agree that like more often than not, I, I also animals I, maybe complain they're just less. Simpler. <laughs> well, right, and they're just simpler. Creatures probably biologically. Yeah, but why are they too, simpler but... creatures though? Like well, why? Look, look, they eat that... one thing for their entire right. life, and like, yeah. that's what I was look at all the of. shit we put in our bodies. <laughs> yeah, processed foods yeah. and all this stuff that we're doing to ourselves. I, I, I can't imagine that that's and, not. And why we do we different have so activities. Yes. Like, like there might be at some point in your life where you're like helping a friend move a couch, and it's not like your bird is ever going to like suddenly pick up a strenuous activity. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could though, because I think Accidents like you know, like happen. You know, all of a sudden, yeah. like maybe like the the bird like gets out, and the cat tries to get it, and the bird had to like have this like fight or flight moment, and then now it's injured. <laughs> it's really hoping yeah. for flight, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Not so good in the fight. The bird. It's like if there's one thing yeah. I'm good at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope they didn't trim my wings. <laughs> oh man. But I, I think earlier, Rob, you kind of stumbled on your solution to like the problem you were having at Amazon. Like maybe they should look at the hospital model where it's like, okay, you don't have to come to this meeting, Rob, but I need you to be at your desk and you're kind of like on call. So you can work on whatever you want, but we may call you on video at any point during this meeting and ask you to answer a question. I like that and then idea. Then if we don't need you anymore, you can just go away. Because then you don't have to like sit there and pretend to pay attention because like, yeah, that's the worst. You know, your bosses are in the room or whatever. <laughs> 
Uh, on the other right, hand, I just kind of leaned back and started to embrace it where I would just have like an entire day where like I just sat there and listened on mute. I didn't do any work. And you know what? As long as I'm getting paid. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. But it's funny in my case with work lately, I feel like what's gotten in the way of me, like it, it's the actual coordinating and organizing that actually gets in the way of the actual work for me. Like it's like hard for me to keep up with emails and it's like, because it's hard for me to keep up with emails, I can't do the other things. It's mm. so irritating sometimes. You need an assistant or something or a manager. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. I need, I, I know definitely need a different situation there. I don't want to get too much into the weeds with that, but <laughs> yeah, it did, did make me think of that. Yeah. I've been I've been doing project management courses because I'm trying to change my career over. And one of the things I, I when I hear about people having too much email, I always think like I think this might be a management issue where the documentation of like the answers to a lot of questions just aren't in a centralized location. So you end up answering a lot of the same questions over and over again. Yeah. Um, hmm. Or like you answer them in a long form way. And then, like, people don't like to read emails, so they don't get it. So it's like, actually, most people don't need all that info, so it just needs to be a place where they need the answer to a question. They can just click a Google Doc and then search for their answer and yeah. be done. Yeah, but the know. problem with that, though, that I've discovered is that it's easy to end up having things scattered all over the place. So the information isn't, because some of the mm -hmm. information doesn't fit into what a Google Doc can provide or something. Mm -hmm. it, it's better yeah. suited to be in this other format or this information's better suited in this other format. And so pretty soon it's like, oh, but for that, you got to go to the Google Doc. For that, you got to go to the task management software. For that, you've got to go to this. And it's like, eventually it's like, I don't know where I have to go anymore to get anything. And it's just overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's another thing they, they teach us about, which is like having a doc that is literally just a, a list of all the places to find things. So like, yeah. here's like the charter, here's the link to the work manage the project in the work management software is the you know statement of work for this vendor is a statement of work for that vendor like it just hmm. but having that all on one document so it's like anytime you need something for a project it's kind of like when you go to like on your own file storage system you're like okay well I'm I'm looking for a file that has to do with a game so I'm going to go to the games folder right maybe I don't even remember what the name of the game was but I know it's going to be in the games folder so like yeah. Like, I don't remember who the vendor was on that, but I can just go to the that doc and search and find that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it doesn't work that easily. Theory is always better than practice. Yeah. It's, it's like That's a, true. it's like an exercise that you have to keep up with. But, um, it's something that I just started at my new job. Um, it's great that they, they have tons of documentation, which is better than none. But like Josh is saying, it is like, it's in Google Docs and it's in other places. <clears throat> um, there's other third-party tools, uh, Jira, the which is their kind of project planning thing, like Trello. Um, I started making wiki pages because the company has uh, this product called Confluence, which they just basically do wiki pages and... Um, it's nice because that plugs in with a lot of the other tools and they don't really use it right now, probably because they're not in the habit of it, but I was in that habit from the other company. And so I created a page that says, you know, like here's the name of the, the not the project, but like the overall mission, like, I don't know, site redesign. And then like, here's the summary, here's our main goal. And then uh, here's kind of our address book, a little thing on the side that's like, here's the project manager, here's the designer, here's the developer, uh, with their little, and it's a hyperlink, so you can click on each name to get their contact info if you need them. And then a table of contents that breaks down, here's the four projects that are working towards this goal, and then inside of each project, there's the summary, there's the uh, list of user needs, and then there, because it's a design, and then there's... Um, the design, a preview of the design file, and then you can click through to get the source file. There's product requirements uh, from the business side of stuff. And um, so hopefully it's a one-stop shop for anyone to get all this stuff around that project. Um, it sounds like a project charter. I yeah, mean, I honestly. guess that's what you, I don't know what you call it, yeah. but it's. I think of it as like if you made a blog post that had every everything you needed about this one project, me, you know, of course, you'd link out. Like you could still have Google Docs, but you would have a link to the Google Doc and all that stuff. Um, 
And it's a lot of work, I'll admit. It's not that fun, but like once it's there, it feels nice. So hopefully like I'll get the ball rolling and other people will help maintain it. <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say there's one trick that worked that's been working for me surprisingly well. And it's because it, 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 speaking of email, I had been kind of treating my email inbox as if it were like a Twitter feed. Hmm. Like I was just leaving everything in the inbox and then just seeing the new ones come up on top and then the old ones would just kind of. <laughs> so just ignoring down, it? Right? I wouldn't, Is that what you do? <laughs> I wouldn't basically ignoring it and replying to the ones that are like that need my attention right away, replying right away. But then the ones that don't need my attention right away would just get lost. Oh, no. Yeah. And so one of the things I started doing was just being very intentional about only archiving emails that are that are finished. Like the mm. thing, there's nothing left to do with this. It's done. Right. And then only leaving the emails that are still active that I might still be waiting re- on a response. Because one thing I didn't anticipate when I started doing more, having to kind of manage more things like this was I didn't anticipate the fact that, yeah, I could be on top of everything, but not everyone else is going to be that I'm working, you know, with mm-hmm. even externally. Like people, I might send a thing asking for, you know, pictures or, or materials we can share on social of episodes we're doing or whatever it is. And uh, I'm still, I still have to make sure that they, that they follow through on their end. So if I were just to send my question and then forget about it, well, that doesn't help because then we might not get it. So that was one of the things that was one wake up call for me was it's like, oh, it's not just me. It's like <laughs> I have to worry about everyone else now. It's too. A, yeah, it's a plague. And that's why there are entire jobs just to manage all of the projects. Right. Right. Yeah. Project manager. Yeah. That's when I realized at this stage in my life, that is not me. I'm not good at that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's where things like Trello can be helpful, though, or or some kind of work management software. Because then you can, like, read read the email or write the email and immediately make, like, a Trello task. Mm. And so then, like, later, like, your schedule part of your day to just go through and say, oh, that's, like, three days overdue. And you just write that email, follow up. Right. But then it's always there. It doesn't go away until, like, your archive, you know, your where you don't ever see, like I never see an email after it's read ever again. Like it's, it yeah. just gets buried away and you never yeah. notice it again. They also have some, I mean, there's always a new email app floating around out there, but plenty of them uh, try to turn your emails into like tasks that you can like to do now, to mm-hmm. do later or whatever, remind me in a few days. Um, so you could look into that. Like I've been using Hey Email. There's other ones that are free, but I really like that you can, quickly like open it up, I can glance at it, and then my options at the bottom are reply now, reply later, which puts it at the bottom, or set aside, which is like I'll just read it later. Um, and the reply later is kind of cool. If you have multiple and then you're ready to sit down and reply to emails, it'll pull them all, it'll, it'll like queue them up for you. It's like you like reply and then you hit send, boom, next one pops up and it's like it's like a little oh, that is a oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately what I discovered, though, is I, I've tried different email apps and different things, and it really isn't, it really at the end of the day is not the the app it's you. or what it is. It's me. <laughs> it's me. How? Because the simplest email app there is, is already set up in the ways that I would need for it to really work. Like, if I just do it this way, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's like, it, it has all the tools there. Like, I can star things, I can do, I can flag things, I can do all these things that I haven't even tried. Like it's all there. I just have to. You just need better make it habits work for me. Yeah, yeah, better habits. It seems to be a it's, theme. That's really what it with is. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but what I was gonna say is, I I just the email thing is working a little bit better. So that way, if it's if I'm waiting on a response, it's still in my inbox, and I can kind of circle back to them like every day. Like, oh, did I hear from this person? I, how about this email? You know, I can kind of mm-hmm. be more visible about the emails that I still have going on. So that's helped. And then I, I lost my train, train of thought with what I was going to say after that. I, don't <laughs> I know. do like that Google put, they started, I don't, I don't remember how long ago it was. It must be like a year ago or more now, but like they started putting that like automatic, like it's almost like what Boomerang does if you've ever used Boomerang with mm. emails, but it's like it just, like you sent this message three days ago and it never got a reply, but it clearly had questions in it. Like, oh, do you want to follow up? Yeah. And like that was that's actually saved me a few times. Like, oh yeah, I totally that's forgot great. about that. And you're just like, you it's a nudge. That's what they call it, a nudge. Oh, nice. Okay, so there you go. That's that's a um, an example of a feature that really could make a difference in this kind of 
thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, I already solved that on a phone call or something, but at least it brings it up. Yeah, but it's hard, it's hard to rely on AI, you know, for yeah, like I think, everything oh. because you just like, if one thing slips through, then like it could be really bad. I don't know. It's like, the, like Rob said, habits are probably the best. Yeah, the other thing way. I thought of was um, about to-do lists and managing that stuff. It's only as good as you were saying like, oh, you, you'll right away create a task for something in your email. But what gets confusing for me is like, I don't know, maybe something came up right after I read that email that distracted me for a split second, just enough time for me to not put the task in. And then later I'm going back and I'm like, wait, did I put the task in and complete it? Or did I, like, what happened with that? Like, it's, <laughs> it's still only as good as my weakest, yeah, it's a you know, slope. abilities to do <laughs> these things. For sure. Yeah. Or I'll forget to check things off my checklist. That's awful oh, too. Because yeah. then I'll be like, "Oh wait, did I? I didn't update this." So then I'll go in like, uh, like days later, and just go boop, 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 thinking like, "Oh, this is definitely all done." And then I'll realize later, oh, no. "Oh, it wasn't done. I thought it was done." Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't help either. I mean, I think there's yeah. ways that you can be more diligent with email, but there's also like, I think it's fine, and I wish more companies would just acknowledge that. Different communication patterns or styles are useful for different things. You know, like we said, like like there's the meeting, or I really like Alex's idea of you have a meeting with the people that you really need, and then everyone else is just on call. Um, and then there's like the email, but you got to understand people are probably not going to read past the first sentence on your email. And then um, my company, um, Teachers Pay Teachers, has been using Slack very heavily. And uh, it doesn't have to be Slack, but any type of chat software is really this great. This episode brought to you by Slack. <laughs> it should be. Oh, this segment brought to you by when Slack. When we get sponsors, yeah. Right. Um, but I like that because it's like when you have just the quick question, like, hey, Rob, uh, where's the file for this thing? Um, you know, or hey, Josh, did you remember to do X, Y, Z? Then you could just quickly be like, "Oh, no, I didn't," um, and then you know, work on that right away if it needs to be, or get back to them later. Right. Um, and you maybe be mix nice and to match. have a way. Be nice to have a way to remind people that took like minimal effort. Like, I wonder if um, a human I nudge? On any of these work on any of these work management softwares. Is if there's a way you can like ping someone about something without effort, like you can just like click it. Like this task, like just click the button, like the and it sends something to the Facebook, their, poke. like a text message or something. It's like ping, <laughs> like, yeah. And like I could just see that getting abused. Like it's like a week late, and you're just like every 20, 20 minutes, you're like ping, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like hitting them with. Yeah, huh. <laughs> not gonna stop doing this until you yeah. finish this thing. I need. Yeah, but no, I would yeah. highly recommend if you're if you're looking for a way if you're want to build habits on organization. I started this like, I don't know, a month and a half ago. It's called a best, uh, I'm not why I'm showing you, it's just a, you know. great podcast content. Yeah, it's yeah. a nondescript uh, gray notebook, but it's it's a, called a best self journal. Hmm. And like all you do in it is you write down like, you say, okay, in three months, you can, you can put one, two, or three goals down that you want to accomplish in the next three months. Mm-hmm. And then you break it down into like milestones and tasks, just like you do like with a, project like for project management but then like each day like the way i've been using it because i was like using google calendar all the time Mm -hmm. for everything and then what i started doing is making it part of my routine that in the morning i would wake up and i would just open and plan my day that morning Hmm. so like i would have things in my google calendar that are like things that have been scheduled for a long time but i would open my google calendar like okay i'll mark that in my journal for today and then i would see all these white spaces of free time and then I would decide like what to do during those times and then check them off as I did them. Yeah. And that was like really helpful. That, that sounds a little familiar and it might be also shared with some other kind of technique. We could do a whole episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should put a pin in this and do a whole episode right. on like <laughs> task management. We That's could probably true. have Jeff Perry come back. He, he writes a lot about that on his blog. Yeah. Um, but I, I think yeah. for, for me... And this happens with physical notebooks and with apps. I get really excited, like, "Ooh, this is a beautiful app!" Like Things Three or whatever it is, or Todoist yeah. or Moleskine. And I'm like, "I'm gonna buy this. I'm gonna be so disciplined." And then, like, day two comes around, and I'm like, mm, "I'll look at that later." 
Or, yep, that's yeah, what I did. It's all about I, the habit. Yeah, yeah, you have to. I bought a whole. I bought a whole year subscription to Todoist and thought this is going to be my answer to every problem. And then I wound up not even using that. I just used the stupid Reminders app on Mac, and it's yeah. just like so much. I still just use that, and it's like it's fine as long as I. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I put it into Todoist or this. It I have to put it somewhere. That's that's the biggest thing. I just had an idea that could be pretty lucrative. And it sounds kind of familiar, so maybe there is a company out there, you can go ahead and stop me if this already exists, where you sign up, right? And uh, if it's a journal or a to-do thing or a calendar or whatever, and it's about habit forming. And every day you have to log in, you have to type in your tasks and hit a little OK button in order to cancel your payment that day. If you don't log in and hit that button, they're going to charge you a dollar <laughs> or two dollars or whatever. So, so a dollar wouldn't be enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it's got to be painful. Yeah. It'll be like five bucks. Like five dollars. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, if you don't log in and really do your thing, up. yeah. And then eventually it'll turn into a habit and it's no problem. But for a few days there, you're like, shit. Or maybe you skip a day and it's like, oh, man, they charged me five bucks. But it's, it's, you're on the hook. And you have to like, it's like a time bomb. You have to hit cancel every morning. Let's launch yeah. this, Rob. You can call it accountable. But it can just be account uh, and then BL. Oh, yeah, oh you got to kill God. some vowels here and there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. I'm an ideas man. All right. Oh, man. Wait, this, is all, this is all copyrighted already for right. everyone listening. We, no, one's, <laughs> no one is going to hear about this. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, no, but it's a good idea, actually. I'm sure it's been done, but, <laughs> but it's a yeah. good idea. Wow, that's, that is great. Yeah. I would never sign up for that because I would lose all my money. <laughs> it was, it was, seems like it would be pretty simple to set up too. Yeah. Like you could make a really simple app for it. Like, and then like, but you have to have p- human resources. I think. I think it would work best if like someone called you, like like, like a personal yeah. trainer. And Ma- yeah. Mary and I were talking about this. To like the thing about the personal trainer is because she's thinking about getting one maybe next year. Is like really it comes down to just having an appointment with someone and not wanting to disappoint that person like with therapy mm-hmm. whatever some some you know there might be days where you don't feel like doing a therapy but you have a standing like uh, a weekly kind of cadence and you you got to you know call in or or go and do it and inevitably you f- you feel better when you're done with it but like it's the there way, to keep just, you accountable i just realized rob is the proof that a personal trainer would never work for me <laughs> why because he's had the standing meeting with me to do a podcast every week with him, and he even puts it in my calendar, and I just blow him off all the time. Now, if he charged you five dollars mm. every time you didn't show up, <laughs> right? You'd be like, all yeah. right, all right, I'll do it this week. Yeah. I don't know. I have this weird thing you. where I just feel, I just feel like disconnected for my money somehow. Like it doesn't really <laughs> do much for me. Hey, can I, can I borrow I, like a uh, grand? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Josh, you sound a little disconnected from everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably do. Work. I do feel that way a little bit. <laughs> Tasks. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I'm a little bit. Sp- I'm a little bit like. You're just not- spacey. Yeah, that's I, I, I feel that way. Yeah. I feel like I'm just kind of not connected to any one thing at any d- given time. I have alternating days. I have days where I'm like super, like I'm a I'm a machine, and then I have other days where I'm just like I can't anchor myself on anything. Yeah, anchoring. That's a good that's a good word. I'm not anchored. Yeah. Which makes because I was explaining this to Vanessa by the way because I I mentioned just in in a conversation I said something about like, "Oh, when we got married in 2013." And she was like, "You remembered." And I was like, "Yeah, it never was an issue of me remembering what year we got married or the date we got married. The issue is me remembering what the date and time is now." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's. I have no frame of reference because I have no when idea I? when I am right yeah. now. So, like with anniversaries coming up, like I, I might forget, technically forget, I guess, an anniversary or birthday because I don't. I'm not. I'm not conscious of the fact that that is the day right now. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need I this. know. You need to wake I up, know. and the first thing you do is look at this, and then put the de- you write the yeah. date down each day. This is today. <laughs> and if you yeah, need a hint, you can look at yesterday. Sunday. <laughs> but I think it's also a planning thing of knowing, like, okay, how far in advance should I start planning for this thing? That doesn't really hit me either. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of floating 
I'm literally just flying through space. I mean, we all are, but I mean, I'm literally just flying <laughs> through space. Spaceship Earth. Well, let's put a pin yeah. on that. I think that's yeah. a good topic that we can get off on some other episode. And um, this, I think, yeah, we should wrap this up before we go into a whole other spiel about productivity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This that's was true. good, though. This was good having the three of us. I think it's uh, it's nice to have more voices to bounce off of while we're yes. yeah it gives you more time to think I this more often yep more uh, it definitely does tangents. yeah that's true it's good yep. more valuable contributions yeah well whenever josh wants so, to tune I... in we'll just have the meetings alex and then we'll just urgently text josh hurry you're needed on this podcast right now yeah, yeah right emergency room style yeah right like i'm an emergency room podcast doctor yep <laughs> You can charge yeah, us. That extra. can be your. Uh, we can put that on on the website. That's like your title. With try to get back on topic. And the emergency. What did you say? Emergency. Emergency podcast. room podcast doctor. There we go. <laughs> or ER <laughs> host or something. Yeah. 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 yeah I just just call upon me when I'm needed, and then I'll just tune back out. I'll just pop in and out the whole episode. Yeah. Nice. nice. All right. Well, good talking to both of you. Um, Good talking to you too. Good meeting you, Alex. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, converging of hosts. So uh, just to remind all the listeners uh, once again, joshandrob.com, of course, is where you can find all this stuff, even if it's not our show name. Um, but uh, specific to our show, you can go to Twitter at Sorry Topic and send us your hate mail or suggestions or whatever. Um we have a st- and then it will just get lost in the sea of my emails, and I'll never read it. <laughs> well, at least I yeah, that's will. That's a good way to deal with trolls. At least, like you're just like, oh, yeah. I'm just not going to read it anyway. Yeah. So we may or may not read your tweets. Um, and then we have a standing Telegram group that no one really joins, which is that, that's cool. You don't have to get Telegram. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll make a Discord if you know. Discord seems to be the more popular thing, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Let us know if if you have any way of getting a message to us without those tools. <laughs> then maybe we'll accommodate you <laughs> until next time. And if you don't listen and if you don't listen to our podcast, we're going to charge you $5. Yes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> I don't know anyone who would make that commitment. <laughs> it's like a Patreon, but without rewards. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The, the reward is, is not fucking up. <laughs> yeah. That'd be weird though, because then we'd start to want people not to listen so that we could get $5 from them. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Please subscribe. Don't listen to the show. We'll make money. We promise we're still doing it, just but don't listen. Because otherwise we don't get money. Yeah. All right. All right. This is supposed to be the end of our show. Yep. This is the end. See ya. Later. Goodbye. Bye.